0: people have so much creativity inside them it just can't help but come out in different ways and quite often these people also seem to have a calling to help others bring out their creativity hi my name is Abby Gatling and welcome to creativity uncovered I'm on a journey to find out how everyday people find inspiration get inventive and open their imagination Basically, I want to know how people find and use creative solutions at home, at work, at play, and everything in between. And my goal for this podcast is that by the end of it, you'll be armed with a whole suite of tried and tested ways to summon creativity the next time that you need it. Today, I'm very excited to be speaking with Karen Deloche, who is an artist, an author, a filmmaker, an actor... And she's on a mission to teach and to stir up creativity in others. This is, I already can tell, this
1: is going to be a really fun chat. So welcome, Karen. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, thats you summed it up and spoke it really well. So I I appreciate being online with a fellow creative who understands and feels this calling and drive as well. So thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh, you're
0: welcome. I'm really pleased that you um, have decided to have this chat with me because I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued by you. We did have a very brief chat a couple of weeks ago and my mind's been running since then about all the questions I want to ask you. But I think where I would love to start is about what is your history with creativity
1: and your relation to creativity? Well, my father is an Irish storyteller of- he just was on vaudeville, loved to tell stories, and my parents loved musicals. So there was always, uh, my, my mom's dad was in the Philharmonic Orchestra in New York City playing the violin. So there was a lot of creativity already in the family. And when I was 10 years old living, living outside of New York City, our, our class went to the New York World's Fair, where they brought Michelangelo's Pietà, All the way from the Vatican in London, I mean, in uh, Rome to America. And I had the privilege at 10 years old to stand in front of this masterpiece just a few feet away with my mouth open while the rest of the class wanted to go see dinosaurs. I was astounded that a human being could carve this out of one piece of marble. And I've been intrigued by art and artists ever since. I didn't imagine I'd be an artist. I don't feel like I was born with natural artist uh, talent. Or t- you know, I couldn't draw naturally. I learned, though. I had some very good instruction. And I loved theater and drama and always had drama production. So the arts are a big part of my family and who I am. Oh my gosh, that's so cool! I I love the fact that
0: when you saw that, that, you must have been like an appreciation for art and artistic creation must have been instilled in you by your parents, whether you knew it or not. The fact that you were so interested in that.
1: <laughs> in that artwork. It's true. Yeah, my father was military. We moved a lot, but everywhere we went, my mother made sure we went to whatever m- museums or galleries and we were near some big cities. And, and I was intrigued. And, and my family would go marching through fast and I'd be reading and looking at everything. I, it's like I couldn't get enough. So I guess it shouldn't be a huge shock that I ended up writing an art history and appreciation textbook for my college class. And my mom actually is the one that helped me edit this it's 1800 images it's all about the pictures because it's a visual art book i teach in college and besides that they have to um use my uh how to draw book so that they can truly appreciate something they try and that that is as you mentioned before part of my passion because i believe all of us have creativity inside of us we got half of our brain hello that's right brain creativity. And unfortunately, at least in our culture here in America, it is not the side of the brain that's rewarded in school. So you have these five-year-olds when you ask them, do you like to sing and dance and and bang on the drums? And and they say yes, and color with crayons. Yes. You ask 15-year-olds that same question and about 90% say no while they're listening to Led Zeppelin on headphones, you know, music from my generation. So something happens in those 10 years that is not because they lose it. It's because it's it's kind of squashed while left brain logic and critical thinking and, and judgment and memorization, and those are the skills that are rewarded. Those are the skills you're said you're going to need when you find jobs. And they're the skills that most of us spend our time developing and not our right brain creative side.
0: Uh, that, I mean, what you said there is such a common story that we've heard on the podcast that people... When they're younger, they have this kind of unbridled creativity and it's encouraged and then at some point it's just sort of stopped because, you know, external pressures or internal pressures. Like did that ever
1: happen to you? Oh, yeah. I mean I got totally squashed when I was in college. I went to art school. I chose art and theatre And I did okay in drawing. I'd learned and gotten some good drawing instruction, and I was keeping up with my peers. But painting was another story. By the time I started getting into painting classes, they were very intellectual-oriented, very left-brain, abstract expressionist. And I wanted to paint people and landscapes and things that were beautiful. And it was so not appreciated to the point of using four-letter words to describe my paintings. So much so that this is the tragedy. I didn't paint, finish a painting for 20 years. And that's the truth. They convinced me I was a three-dimensional artist. I went into ceramics, which I love, and I still do sculpture and ceramics. But they did not encourage my ability to paint or teach me how. So, th- you know, that's, I, I, even though I was already a teenager, upper teenager, it, it, it really did completely squash my ability to finish a painting until, and it was subconscious. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to start this painting and this time I'm going to finish it. It wasn't even, it was on my radar. Oh, I want to do this. I started having children. I wanted to paint them and, and I couldn't, do it and then all of a sudden, I'm moving and I'm looking at all these unfinished canvases and, like, what's wrong with me? And then I discovered a mentor, he was an old school painting teacher, had been to the Chicago Art Institute when they actually taught people to paint, and he did, he taught me how to. To paint. It was the mechanics I was missing. It was the foundational color theory and how to mix and match colors. And because I wanted to be more naturalistic or realistic or, you know, impressionistic, I needed those skills to to pull it off, which I didn't have. And so I understand how it feels when your own personal creativity, which is the sensitive side of us, it's gentle and sensitive. And so that part of us that's intuitive and has imagination is easily crushed it can't stand up under criticism and judgment and perfectionism and all of these left brain bully (laughs) ideas so instead of the left brain serving the right brain we have the opposite and i think as a human race we suffer as a result all of us you know, my sons are musicians. My my husband's a musician. They they chose music, and they have spent their lives pursuing excellence as musicians, which is hard to find rewards, but <laughs> the joy of doing what you love and. And you know, I still hope that they get to a point where it pays off. But meanwhile, they've just done done everything they can to be excellent at their craft and to write their own music. They 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 do the videos themselves for their music videos. They do their own illustrations and posters, and they are full hands-on musicians. And they went to Germany in order to find a way to get produced and met beautiful German girls and gave me a little half German grandbabies. So <laughs> i'm on a mission to go there too but yeah it's a, it's a universal human desire to find a way to create it's part of our very most inner being and if we don't we feel that lack maybe we're not all artists or actors but we 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 almost all have a poem or a, a book or a story to tell or um things to weave or knit or 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 quilt, or you know, there's so many ways to be creative that's not limited. Of course, music and dance and singing. It's hard to find a person that doesn't have something, some way that they can develop to be personally creative.
0: Ugh, I 100% agree. And it absolutely just crushes me to hear that you had that experience. I had a very similar experience actually when I was in high school as well. And it stopped me, it pushed me in a whole nother career path. And I finally, you know, I've made my way back again, but it's just, it's so interesting the influence that people around you um, have on your creativity because it is such a sensitive and personal and uh, expressive thing to be artistic
1: that it can be easily crushed. So I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I know, so I, I, you know, make wherever I am as a teacher, as a mentor, as a, a safe no criticism zone even if it's you know zoom online wherever it is no criticism and i'll tell you what the older we get the harder that is to do it's we're so used to that that like i said the left brain bully saying you know you're not good you can't do that it just it's just terrifying to most people to try something new creatively whatever it is and that that's just so sad because it is that that inner 4-year-old, 5-year-old is still there wanting to dance and jump and sing and spin and and bang on the drums and be be creative so and color even outside the lines <laughs> i love to paint big and it's just a family story that i would end up painting on the walls because just, the 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 paper just was never big enough for me and my mom oh man i can't tell you how many times I had to figure out how to wash the walls ended up doing murals for years
0: that's a good solution
1: I would say that was practice painting on the drawing on the walls when I was a kid but it was like didn't go over real big when I was little but I ended up doing murals in, in homes and restaurants and just love it yeah create an environment
0: <laughs> that's one solution I mean make it yeah. purposeful I meant to paint on that wall now
1: <laughs> yeah my husband says our walls are just just canvases for me and most of most uh, every room has probably a, a mural somewhere <laughs> oh, that is so cool I would love to see that I would love to see that
0: so it sounds to me though you know you had that experience and that experience of being crushed and now you're sort of going out of your way to make sure that doesn't happen to your kids and and you're in in your teaching so tell tell me your approach to this like or how do you how did you get
1: into teaching well, you know, as an artist, you think, how am I going to make a living, right? So I, I made a choice to get my master's degree so I could teach in college. I, I didn't think I wanted to work with children until I became a mom of my own. And, you know, opens up a different world when you become a mom, as you know. And, of course, children are so easy to influence in the sense that if you know, if you if you are a creative you get to try all these things with them and see which way they're bent you know if it's music or art or singing you know I, the joke is that my children are all studio babies and because we ended up homeschooling we had homeschool uh children that would come and do art with me and we had bartered so they could have science or math uh other courses languages with other t- other other parents so that I could all right I'll teach your children you teach mine and, and we we would do that exchange. And then well, if they bring them sometime, I'd let the moms come free and discovered some beautiful, creative moms in the process, because usually it's the moms most of the time. Uh, and they were, I found some very talented people. You know, the other thing that started happening is that a lot of creatives, if we're bent that way, we don't necessarily succeed at a lot of left brain learning. And it's not, You know, some people are more balanced, you know, left brain, right brain, but some people are definitely. Bent in their they're label, they don't sit still well. They're visual learners, they're kinetic learners, so they don't sit in classrooms for se- se- seven hours. They feel like they're stupid because they don't learn well that way. Um, so we could take them home and do manipulative math, where they could build, you know, and learn structures through through manipulating the math. And there was ways to teach that fit for my children. It turns out I'm, my, I'm not the only one with children that don't do well in those environments. A lot of children. Don't have a learning disability it doesn't mean they're stupid, you know. So if they could come to the studio have success, it really gave them courage to try other things and to keep persevering with the things that were a lot harder. So I, I felt like I was com- really coming alongside these young people. And I saw many of them grow up. And I've even taught their children, been doing it so long, you know, teaching their children how to draw or paint and seeing their creativity spark alive and seeing, seeing it work. And, and I realized that these these techniques that I've developed through how to draw and how to paint and are are not only based on historically foundational skill building, but they work 100% of the time, no matter where somebody starts, whether they have talent or not, they're going to get better based on these because that's what they do and i have techniques that get you out of your left brain and into your right brain and so those are really fun to share with people and see them get out of that performance orientation product orientation that the, the 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 fun of doing it is actually taking over the joy of of actually doing it and now i've been studying the science behind it so, before I didn't, I just did it and saw it work and didn't understand it. And now I've been learning about the brain and, and the functionality and neural, neural pathways that are formed. And can I give you one example that is really powerful of, of a student of mine who grew up in my studio and he was had lots of learning disabilities. And his mom was an expert at helping him, but he was so good at art. He even won the largest youth competition here in, in the Low Country. not only first place, but grand prize. Three months later, he got a brain infection that caused a stroke and at 17 became paralyzed on one side of his body, not expected to live. He did live. Talked to him yesterday, as a matter of fact. <sighs> he had to have a plastic skull put on his head. Um, oh my gosh! At first, he couldn't talk, walk. Uh, he couldn't use his left leg or hand, but in um, four months, he could shuffle, still couldn't talk, but his mom brought him back to the studio, and I endeavored to teach him to draw with his left hand. In a very short time, he was as good left-handed as he had been right-handed. I get the call from his neurosurgeon, what are you doing with David. He is stronger with his weak hand than I am, and I'm a surgeon. Not only that, there are improvements happening in his brain that we can verify on his right side. Yesterday, he carried on a full conversation with me, whereas I remember when he couldn't even hardly put two words together. Now he's talking in complete sentences 10 years later, and I you know, I might like, come back to the studio, come draw with me, come paint with me. And I, I, I see that dance between art and science that work together, the brain science. And there's even a, a category of neuroscience called neuro arts. So they're finding, they take veterans, there's whole programs where they take veterans suffering from PTSD and other uh, physical and emotional problems, and they do art projects with them. And they're finding just not thinking about their physical problems, emotional problems, brings healing. That's so exciting to me. Wow. I mean,
0: what what is the connection there? I mean, is it, what what is the connection there? I am thinking that, you know, with the story with David, he kind of already knew all the sides of creativity and he had all that sort of sitting away in there. He just had to
1: train his body again to do it but exactly how, right. how how does that work well according to his neurosurgeon there's literally because he had already been a creative he'd already built up a lot of pathways because you're cooperating with your right brain when you're actually drawing and painting or sculpting or using t- like my sons with their th- instruments, they can play them left-handed, right-handed. You're using piano with two hands. It's not like one, you're you're just using, gee, I only use my right hand all the time. They're using you know weekends always. David learned to do that. So he was already developing these neural pathways between his left brain and right brain before he had this severe brain trauma that caused the right side to be damaged, I guess, prefrontal. Area of his brain was damaged, and he's creating new pathways all the time to function. He can walk now. He can talk. He still he he can use his hand a little bit, but he still doesn't write with his right hand. Uh, he's still in therapy, but uh, seeing him have a worth a life laughter he has full function of his face and his hand you know he does people would could look at him and not know that he had that severe an injury and the part that art played and then then there's my friend that came to the studio with her children and she got diagnosed with a severe um i guess category four stage four breast cancer both sides six months to live I brought her into the studio while she was in radiation, chemo, mastectomy, rebuilding. Didn't expect to be around for this big show. It was in, It was a porcelain room installation, and I had her in my studio working with her hands the whole time. And not only was she there, 10 years later, she's still here and cancer-free. So she says it helped save her life. Now, how do you explain that? I can't tell you all the science behind it. I just know that having a project, having something creative to do, something hopeful to look forward to, and the fun of doing it helped her recover from a a possibly fatal diagnosis. I mean, I have a sister-in-law that died from that same diagnosis last year. So, I know that God, art had its part to play. And I, I, I believe in it. it's 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 helps people emotionally. And you described it. We, you, it's a way to express your innermost feelings, whether it's through poetry or dance, you know however you want to do it, it's important. Because there is a sense of significance that happens in us. A child, when they they get praised by their parent when they're spinning and dancing or banging on the drums, is going to want to do that again. They're, they're, they're going to be encouraged to keep doing it. And, of course, we see what happens when they're the opposite but it's never too late and i'm here to tell you it's it's not too late for you it's it, no you're not too old to try something new and that's part of part of what i do with people when i work with them one on one i find out what their goals are what their inner heart dreams and desires are where do they need to go maybe it's not to be an artist maybe it's because there's something else percolating a book percolating in them or some kind of storytelling or uh, you never know it's there and i love to see it you know and i can i can see that happening with the people i get to work with take them where they are to where help them get to where they want to go
0: yeah what why is that important to you to Help people on their creative journey?
1: Well, that right side that is so sensitive, and for most people, underdeveloped and discouraged, at, at, at least, if not crushed, is the intuitive, imaginative, sensitive side of our soul that connects us with our creator. I mean, I believe. It's very spiritual that we're spiritual beings and that as we we touch, we're the only part of creation that can enjoy beauty. And we look around creation and we see beauty and we we can acknowledge that we're the ones to see color. We can see, we can see you know the colors as they change during different seasons, or the you know, enjoying the sounds of water that, that makes and all the vibrations and things that happen. it, it is amazing. That we are the ones that can appreciate this. Why is that? Because we're made in the image of our creator. So when that part of us has been. Diminished. Maybe we chose to be parents, or you know, a career. We, we we poured ourselves into our career, into our families, and now that we're older, some of us are older. We're going okay. Now what? What else? How? What else can I do to pour myself into others, and how can I still feel significant and have purpose, and not just lay back and say my job is done and turn on the tube or whatever, there's still more, there's more to life. Let's live the whole time we're alive. And and it's, and it's exciting to me. It's not too late. I'm a baby boomer. And we're a huge generation of, of people reaching not necessarily retirement. I guess some are, but we want to still be fruitful and active. And it's a way to just keep that part of our brain alive and awake and functioning in so many wonderful ways. Mm, that's cool, I love it. It's, it's sort of your way of
0: giving back or giving giving to your community, it seems so by sharing your talents this way so so yeah. we you mentioned before that everyone is creative and it might just you know be hidden away somewhere. How <laughs> do you think people anyone who's listening today who may be thinking they're not a creative person, what steps do you think they should take to start to? discover their creativity.
1: That's a really good question. That's a wonderful question because, you know, some people too are afraid of AI, you know, our, our, our this whole, you know, chat GPT and AI is like, why are they going to take over my job? You know, all these fears and being scared of it. And and that's the anecdote is, okay, I've got this, I can acknowledge that I have half a brain that is for the creative that must be there somewhere. And I know that they if they if examine their hearts and think, what kind of dreams when I was four, when I was five, what was in there that really moved me and wanted me to, you know, like doing I was doing drama productions in the backyard, you know, and giving money to to Jerry's kids that was American fundraiser every year for children with muscular dystrophy and so you put on a play and you invite people to pay a pay dollar to come see your play and then you send it you know the money to him and you know it was okay we could do this and you know we write them and direct them and get the neighborhood children to do it there's so many ways that, that this can be encouraged uh, and everybody who's ever been a teacher knows that you're going to be using your creativity to keep children or even young adults whoever however age group you're teaching active or maybe you've got little ones at home and you're looking for creative ways to to not let your toddlers drive you crazy and and you just in little spurts they like to drum you know there's some children right away they just want to drum what was what was driving you when you were little what what were you thinking about did you notice the trees did you notice animals people love animals and they love to take care of animals and pour themselves there's so many ways to be creative it is like an infinite number of ways and i have i've never met anybody that didn't have some some type of creative gift inside of them yeah yeah that's true I, I i think
0: thinking back to your childhood and and what made you happy and what you were interested in is such a cool place to start because so often we just don't remember that or we don't see the significance of that but i do think that can give you clues for what you could explore now as an adult um so yeah I think that's really cool and I I just want to ask you one more question (laughs) as well (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a really great practical tip is tell me you've written some practical books uh you've shown us two just before how did you get into that because that's a whole nother thing like you started with your your painting then you moved into uh, you know ceramics and things like that and acting and now writing that's a whole that's a whole plethora like a, a whole a whole lot of different talents there how did you get into the writing of books and, and
1: why did you do that <laughs> that's a good question because it was never on my radar but it really basically the how to draw book was was inspiration from god because it was like you know, these techniques you've learned that are helping people, I want you to write them out, these exercises out. I didn't even know I was going to use them, you know, in college, teaching college, and because I was using these techniques to teach in the homeschooling world for 30 years. So um, it wasn't until I raised my children and stopped homeschooling that I went to teaching in college. And then, you know, something that bothered me when I was an art student, that every art history course I took, especially in graduate school. Was taught by someone who was an art history professor. They're, they they might have had artistic dreams, but they ended up being professors, and they're the ones that write the textbooks at college. Ninety percent. I haven't seen any in any of the colleges that I participated in, or I've looked at. I looked at other publishers' books, many many publishers' books. I've been handed them to teach in different colleges, and they've all been written by. By professors of art history. Now, I'm not saying they aren't art lovers. I'm not saying they aren't very knowledgeable. They all are. But I'm telling you, as an artist, they don't understand us hardly at all. I really, plus, I'm in a more rural state now. I'm in South Carolina, and the school I teach in, most of my students are going to college to learn a practical trade, maybe in the health services or engineering or mechanical type degrees, but they have to take an art class or music class. So they aren't really there because they love art and I, but they're going to leave my class and they're going to love something about art. I'm going to, I have a mission, you know, so this, so this big book, you know, came about in 2020 and it's, it's, My heart, because since I told you I was 10 years old looking at Michelangelo's uh, Pietà, I have been an art lover, lover of art history. But from the artist's point of view, the beauty of what people can create when they share and express from their hearts. The cover of my book is a local artist who grew up on a barrier island in South Carolina in the Gullah culture. Gullah are... Um, West African descendants of slaves that were given an island in the Civil War they speak some english but their language is this unique combination of west african and english called gullah and they have a culture with incredible arts and crafts these in- amazing sweet grass baskets that they make the colors that they wear they 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 create a culture and and jonathan green who who grew up there shares the beauty of his culture and he do- he chooses not to focus on the fact that they were Descendants of slaves and the horrors which were absolutely real, he chooses to celebrate the color and the beauty and the vibrancy of of the people who were fishermen and farmers and 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 they went to church and they they wore big hats and colorful clothes. and he he celebrates his culture in a way that is just, so appealing and I most of my students have never heard of them you know they never saw, saw somebody of my color can can make this incredible you know, make these incredible statements and I, I make them write about one of their favorite artists in there and very often Jonathan green is 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 one they choose which I made that on purpose I want them to find some some type of art that moves them and I promise you no matter where you come from if you're conservative or or um like things a little more esoteric or bizarre or out of the box or maybe Maybe you just like things to just look like they're supposed to look. It's okay. You're allowed your opinion. You're allowed to feel and think think and, and enjoy what pleases you. <laughs> yes, love that. And yet, I, you know, while you
0: were saying that, I was just thinking back to your story about, you know, you wanted to paint this certain way and they were trying to force you to do another way and and how it would have been amazing different change in your story if they had just encouraged you to enjoy what you like and encourage you at that point rather than trying to force you into this box. And I think that also goes back to your other point of thinking about to what you did as a kid and and what makes you happy there it, and trying to refine that now is that sometimes, you know, it might not be that same thing that you did as a kid but you try that and if it doesn't suit you, you try something else and just keep going until you find that magic fit <laughs> Without, <laughs> that's true yeah absolutely yeah because even within you know even within you know the painting world as you said there's so many different styles and approaches to painting that uh if you try a paint and sip and it's not the quite thing right thing for you that doesn't mean that watercolors don't fit, don't fit it wouldn't fit you uh or drawing with a pencil instead or whatever else I so I just think I love that idea of that is this kind of constant exploration
1: and testing the waters and seeing what is the best fit for you yeah our daughter wasn't musical she didn't grow up musical although she's picked up some instruments since then she's always loved fashion and she can take things and you know being a little girl after three big brothers we had her late in life she's been the delight of our lives she she got, was given bags of clothes just dropped on the door because there's just so many more girl clothes than there were boy clothes you know they wear them out there's there's hard to pass on much but girls have bags and bags of clothes and we had so many clothes and she would put them together in new ways she knew i mean i'm talking about 3 4 years old she knew what worked for her what didn't work for her and you know she would she just and then she'd pass on what she didn't want or she'd make Mix and match, and she just had such a creative flair with her with her fashion sense since she was little. And and then um we were in the store and I'm rolling her along in a stroll. was a great big department store. And she's looking at all these racks, and she says, Mama, what are these? I said, Well, that's where people can buy clothes. She goes, People have to buy their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> all plus <class, thank> <laughs> and she she made me the best she designed it and ba- made this fantastic apron for me to throw and on the potter's wheel with because I I'd, I'd had one that had a slit in the middle, but it still would fall off your lap and you get, you know, clay all over all over when you're on the potter's wheel. So she overlapped it, she designed it so that when I when I sit at the wheel, it still lays on my leg. I mean, she designed, she knows I like to wrap the straps around to have the tie in front so I don't have to stretch in the back, deep pockets to keep. You know everything, and she designed this for me, and it's just so beautiful. She used hand batiked fabric because we do have taught batik through the years, so they all studio babies. So you know, she just and she's not a professional artist. This is just somebody who loves to you know use use her creative ideas and and into you know her her imagination and is free to do that. So I'm grateful. <laughs> that's cool. I think your approach to that is just
0: fabulous that you have no pre-formed ideas about what you want your kids to do. You're just letting them truly explore and express themselves. I think
1: that's really wonderful. Well, thank you. I'm sure you do too. And yeah, you know, that's kind of, you know, with the homeschool world, we're you're already kind of outside the normal because we we have a state with pretty much the lower end of the education scores. And so a lot of parents just didn't want their children in those schools and, you know, wanted more for them. And, you know, so we... we we just tried always to just make sure our children had the best opportunities for them, you know, what works for them. And, and it's, it's uh, all, all parents feel that way. I think, and parenting is a creative experience. They don't come with a owner's manual. So they're, they're, you're always trying something new just even to get them to sleep for goodness sakes, using your creative <laughs> gifts. <laughs> I bet continually problem solving.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly yeah. right. Oh, fantastic. Well, um, Karen, how could
1: people get in touch with you if they want to find out more about the, the good work that you're doing? Well, thank you for asking that. Yeah, I have a website and I have a, I'd love it. I have a free book that I'd love to give people with my philosophy of, of, um, creativity and how it can you can get healing from it. It's called Art as Self Therapy, five uh, steps to um, a, a healthier soul. And it can be um, accessed through www.karendeloach.com forward slash gift. And that's a free gift. And that you can also go to my website, which is www.karendeloachart.com and you can see some examples of my artwork there. Wonderful, Love and I'll
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll whack I'll whack those um, URLs in our show notes so everyone can access them and um, okay. access that lovely free gift from you. But um, thank you so much for joining me today, Karen, and sharing all your stories. Uh, it's it's wonderful to hear, and I, I don't know if it's just post COVID, but I'm still so excited to hear foreign accents. <laughs> we didn't hear them for so long, so <laughs> I appreciate you joining me. <laughs> well, likewise, you know, you have a foreign accent to me too. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. We're all we're all foreign here, but no, thank you very much. And I also want to say thank you to everyone who's tuned into Creativity Uncovered today. I really hope that this episode has inspired you to get out there and just try, try a few different um, artistic or creative endeavors. And as always, I really hope that it helps you summon creativity the next time that you need it. If you've made it this far, a huge thank you for your support and tuning into today's episode. Creativity Uncovered has been lovingly recorded on the land of the Cubby Cubby people, and we pay our respect to elders past, present, and emerging. This podcast has been produced by my amazing team here at Crisp Communications, and the music you just heard was composed by James Gatling. If you liked this episode, please do share it around and help us on our mission to unlock more creativity in this world. You can also hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episode releases.